What is going on, everybody? It is me. It is me, the GCG, the Gulf Coast Guru, coming at you with a new podcast called Coastal Covers. Starting off, we are going to be talking about college football. We are going to go through every single conference. That is myself and my co-host here, the man who puts the pro in prolapse rectum, my <laughs> friend, Proto Papa. What is up, my friend? <laughs> What's going on, man? Uh yeah, so we uh, we kind of do this uh, college football preview every year, and we're going to share it for all you guys this year. Uh, kind of go over every team conference by conference, uh, give letter grades, predictions, over-unders, all that kind of stuff. Yes, absolutely. We do all this homework every single year anyway, so we figured we would put it out there. We've been found before on uh, BTV, BatsBTV.com. Uh, just about everywhere you could find us, but now we're just going to do our own thing. Branch off, talk to you. Um, mono in mono so we are going to go that way with it we are going to start off we said conferences but we are going to start off with the anti-conference the independence what do you think about the independence yeah the independence has some interesting teams this year uh, a lot of movement going around teams coming in teams coming out but uh overall it seems like we are uh we kind of like some of these teams a little bit uh, a little bit more at least than projected on paper by some of the other sites so we'll kind of see what happens yeah, it's, it's real interesting. The independents are something so unique to college football. Like there's nothing else. Like you can't go to baseball or, or the NFL or the NBA and find just a rogue group of teams. Like it's very interesting. Yeah, they just play, you know, these random schedules and these you never know who's going to pop up and who they're going to play. They might play, you know, Alabama and Auburn next to each other or they might play two FCS teams. You just have no idea what you're getting. Um, some of these teams get some decent talent. Some of them don't. So I don't know. It's just kind of a mixed group there. How do you feel? Do you feel like I feel like the the implication is typically that being independent kind of hurts your shot in the big picture. I mean, when you talk Notre Dame, it's always like they don't have a conference championship. So that hurts them in the long run. However, you do get to pick kind of your own schedule, make your own path. I mean, Notre Dame, you do have the ACC tie-ins now, but I mean, do you think overall it helps these programs or hurts them? Uh, I think it does hurt them because they don't have that extra game, that conference championship game. Uh, I just don't really get why some of these teams, like a BYU type team, now I know they're moving after this year, but you know, why are you going independent for a couple of years where you're you're hurting yourself there? Sure, you can pick your schedule, but you know, a lot of these teams end up with fairly similar schedules to what they would have anyway, like your Notre Dame and the ACC and stuff like that. Yeah, it seems like uh, Notre Dame and BYU in particular, like they set up like a murderer's row and just kind of like schedule all the toughest teams they can to like overcompensate for the conference championship. But then it just ends up hurting you in the long run. Meanwhile, like your your lower tier teams, they just take like whoever's going to chuck some fucking money at them to come to their stadium. Right. You know, so it seems like to me it almost like for everybody except for maybe Liberty and Army, it, like actually like hurts from a scheduling standpoint. Yeah, it's, it's very odd. And then you have, you know, some of these teams still have their their other, you know, Army plays Navy every year, of course. And, you know, Liberty, Liberty plays some Sunbelt teams. So it's they're kind of not tied in, but they have, you know, different allegiances to different rivalries and stuff, which is cool considering all the conference movement and some of these teams aren't playing each other anymore. But uh, overall, it's a weird thing. It's something that I don't think we're going to see for very much longer. I don't think there's going to be an independence for – more than another seven, eight years. 
No, I could definitely see it going that way. I mean, on that note, you have New Mexico State and Liberty, I believe, both moving to Conference USA next year. Um, maybe a good move for New Mexico State. Uh, Liberty, I, I think kind of a detriment. Yeah, you know, when you have an established coach there, you've had a, a solid program now for the last several years. I don't really know why you're moving to a conference like that. Uh, just go ahead and schedule the teams that you want to schedule and, you know, try to be, build a winning program. But I don't know. Conference USA is definitely nothing to write home about, and it's just getting worse. So I don't know what they're doing there. Yeah, to me, on paper, it's probably like tied or second to worst, at least. Yeah. <laughs> it's either the worst conference or second to worst. I, I don't know. It's pretty close with that in the MAC to me. Um, BYU, uh, do you like the move to the Big 12? Yeah, I like that. I think that, uh, you know, that's going to get them a little bit more recruiting, you know, even though it is kind of a tough school to get into. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to get some more exposure there. Uh, Big 12 is kind of hurting right now, so they're going to be a new look conference. So I do like the BYU to the Big 12 there. Definitely helpful for the Big 12. I don't know that I, I just looked uh, to double check myself. No BYU Utah this year. So that's oh, wow. that's kind of rough, huh? That is, that is. And, and I don't know if that's something they'll try to work into the schedule moving forward, but uh, Big 12, you play, what, nine conference games. So yeah, could be tough to work it in there. And, and do you even want to, if you're playing nine conference games, do you want to work a, a yearly game against a team like Utah? Right. That's, that's tough. Yeah. So this is all stuff that we're losing year by year by year, the tradition of things. Every time teams move, you lose a little bit of it. So uh, I feel like that's definitely one of them. Um, okay, so talking about uh, the independence, let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to kind of start from the bottom, work our way up. We're going to talk about each team. We're going to go over what we think about the team, what they're bringing back. We're going to talk a little Vegas over-under, the odds on the over-under, and go through the schedule game by game and tell you what we think is going to happen. So we're going to start off with the UMass Minutemen. Okay, this is a team that we both graded to be fairly uh, poor this year. Um, returning production total, uh, 86%. That's good for fourth in the nation. Offense, 89%, which is ninth in the nation. Defense, 84%, eight in the nation. So that's a lot of production coming back, but to a terrible team. What are some of your takes on the UMass Minutemen this year? Well, I think their offense all starts with Ellis Merriweather, the running back, 6'2", 225. Uh, he's a senior, rushed for 1,000 yards last year. Uh, I think he's just going to get better. Uh, they do bring back three offensive linemen from from the team a year ago. Uh, they need to definitely f figure out the quarterback spot. Uh, they were, what were they, 123 in passing last year, and I don't see it really getting much better unless they figure something out there. Uh, so as far as the offense goes, uh, they probably are going to run the ball a lot. Uh, they are, you know, they have a new coach, so... Uh, Don Brown, actually, the familiar name. In, uh, Fantastic. Mustache. Yeah, yeah Great absolutely. mustache. Absolutely. Also a good hire. Right. <laughs> That's one of the cool things about the independence this year is it's, you know, can be from top to – there's only seven teams from top to bottom can kind of be lackluster once you get through your BYUs and your Notre Dames. But this year, the coach is coming in. Like we just said, Don Brown will get to UConn and New Mexico State. But bringing in a lot of talent coaching-wise and experience, you know, at the bottom of this. So that's awesome. Um, Zamar Wise is who I have at quarterback. He's supposed to be a dual threat. So maybe Don Brown going to play uh, just run, run, run heavy and not even look at the pass game and focus on defense, which, uh, of course, one of the, you know, that's his that's his specialty. A long time, long time coach and D coordinator. Yeah. And that that defense was awful last year. 125th overall. 
Uh, they do have a decent secondary there, but other than that, I mean, it's it's pretty much some fill-ins and some guys that have some experience. There's a couple freshmen supposed to start. Um, but uh, on uh, keep in mind another thing on special teams. This is interesting. Their punter this year, A.J. Vinatieri, uh, son of mm. NFL great Adam Vinatieri. We're getting fucking old, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I just saw like Andrew Jones, uh, Carl Crawford. They have like sons coming into the MLB soon. Just, everywhere yeah we're getting fucking old yeah (laughs) but yeah so this uh yeah so i mean other than that you know this this defense looks pretty bad but they got the right coach to turn it around yeah hopefully i mean from a recruiting standpoint 2020 number 106 in the nation 2021 number 117 2022 number 114 so nothing felt by don brown there yet however transfer portal this year number 53rd in the nation so that's pretty good looking to build upon a one and 11 2021 uh over under two and a half let's go ahead let's get into the schedule first week we got at two lane the green wave um i don't see any way that's really a win how about yourself no no Tulane's a tough place to play overall and uh they just have a lot more talent than umass here it's a uh, pretty long trip as well i like Tulane there uh same thing moving on you got the second leg of a back-to-back road trip these are college kids keep in mind multiple weeks in a row on the road very 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 tough to win this game in particular is going to be in the glass bowl against the toledo rockets um toledo whooped up on umass last year when they played 45 to 7 i don't see any way it's different how about you no i think it's going to be about a similar score to that they just toledo has too much talent on the field and and umass isn't going to be able to keep up uh i think that that's a pretty similar score to what we're going to see this year and it's not going to be much difference all right not a lot of wiggle room in those first two games coming up the third game we have stony brook college at home that is an fcs they were five and six in the fcs last year i'm giving a win yeah yeah i definitely like umass here uh you know they should be able to run the ball against stony brook they should be able to you know hopefully by by week three that defense is clicking a little bit better and they got settled on a quarterback so uh you know, bringing Stony Brook in, that's a nice morale boost, a nice win, uh, and then go from there. Yeah, and moving on from there, you go to Temple to play in Philadelphia to play the Temple Owls. Uh, this is a game following Rutgers for Temple. Interesting spot here for UMass. I mean, you've got a little bit of a regional thing going on here, uh, similar types of academic schools. Uh, if things get slippery for Temple here early, this could be a good spot for UMass. It is a good spot for UMass. I mean, I would... You know, just just looking at it right now, anything under like seven points, I would take the points and take UMass. Um, that being said, I, I do have Temple winning that game, but I think it's going to be a close game. I think it could very easily go the other way, too. Yeah, same here, same here. Um, next up, another back-to-back road trip. So uh, scheduling God's a little tough here on the Minutemen. My favorite mascot, by the way, the Minuteman. That is cool. I feel very represented by that one. Right. (laughs) Uh, At Eastern Michigan, EMU on the gray turf. Uh, This is a homecoming game for EMU. These two teams did play last year. Eastern Michigan whooped up on UMass 42-28. to Any reason it changes? Nah, I don't think so. I think Eastern Michigan has too much talent, and I think they, you know, they have an experienced uh, roster there. I, I just don't, I don't see them going in and winning that game. Yeah, Chris Creighton really has that program rolling about as good as he possibly can. That's yeah. a really tough place to recruit. Um, I mean, MAC teams can lose any given week to any given team, but this is a bad spot for UMass. I'm, I'm definitely giving the edge to EMU there. 
uh, for the loss to UMass. Uh, next up, Liberty at home for UMass. Second game of back-to-back road trip for Liberty. Liberty, however, did whip up on UMass 62-17 to last year. Yeah, uh, Liberty's got a lot of new pieces on that team, a new quarterback, uh, mostly new offense. Uh, they you know, return some guys on defense. I think that defense and Liberty is going to be too good. I don't think they're going to be able to run on them at all. Um, for UMass to have any chance in that game, they're going to have to have the passing game going, and I don't think it's going to happen. So I uh, like Liberty at least three touchdowns there. Yeah, interesting spot. I mean, Hugh, Hugh Freeze definitely, I do not think he's going to find many hookers out there by UMass campus, nah, wherever the hell that. I mean, I know it's in Massachusetts. I don't know exactly where. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it would be high on hookers out there, so they should be pretty focused on that one. Next up, you got Buffalo, who is also on their second back-to-back road trip. Um, coming to UMass, I, I think – even though I think Liberty does kind of clean the floor with UMass, I think these two games are a two-game stretch that you circle and you say for the over-under, they got to get one of them. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with Buffalo, I don't think Buffalo has a very good team this year. I did not have them rated high at all. Uh, you got them at home. Like you said, it's the second half of a back-to-back. Back to, second half of back-to-back for Buffalo, right? Correct. Um, you, you know, and you're coming back. You're back-to-back home for UMass. Uh, you just played a tough Liberty team, and now you got a chance to win. So I don't know. I mean, I have Buffalo winning this game, but I I'm not confident in the least bit in that in that decision. Uh, I would definitely, I could definitely go either way on it. Yeah, I think that game is a lot more close to a 50-50 game than people would think going into this season. I uh, just don't think uh, Lindquist has Buffalo quite there yet. Still losing talent in the trout uh, the transfer portal. He's bringing in recruits at a high level, but. I don't think it's going to show yet. Um, next up, you got a bye week after the Buffalo game. I did have a loss to Buffalo, by the way. Okay. Um, next up, you have a bye week after the Buffalo game. Then you come home for your homecoming game against New Mexico State. New Mexico State did win this game 44-27 to last year. However, I like the spot. Homecoming after a bye, I'm going to give it to UMass. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's cross country for New Mexico State. Like you said, it's a homecoming game. Uh, I have them both rated as Fs overall. Uh, I do think that UMass is going to be able to get it going against them and pick up the win. So, yeah, I like uh, UMass here. All right, there we go. We got another win there for the Minutemen. Uh, next up, you got at UConn. This series is 38-35 and 35 all time for UMass, so a slight edge there for the Minutemen over the Huskies. However, 2-2 two and two in their last four meetings, UMass did win last, uh, last year by two touchdowns. Um, being at UConn, UConn, kind of the same situation, has a new coach coming in, try to revitalize the program. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna give the loss to UMass going on the road here. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, UConn's a big wild card this year. Uh, Taquan Roberson coming in from Penn State at quarterback. Uh, Jim Moore coming in at coach. Uh, this, this team could definitely be interesting. Uh, I think by that point they put it together and they do come up with a win over UMass. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, it, it, it's going to be uh, interesting to see the two coaches coming in. We're giving all this praise to these guys, but this is going to be a trying season for both of them. You know, neither one of them are going to be setting the world on fire. So which team is going to kind of be able to grit out a win tougher here? That, that's what I'm interested to see. Right. Um, now you got another back-to-back road spot, a brutal end of the schedule, really, the last three games. Arkansas State on the road for UMass. Um, Arkansas State does have a bye before this game. I'm giving the win to Butch Jones. 
Yeah, me too. Uh, it's you know, it is a tricky game. Arkansas State, I do have rated a lot lower than a lot of people. I do have them at an F plus, so it's not much of an advantage there. Uh, the game is a that is a far distance, and that's tough for college kids, you know, especially at some of these smaller schools. So I am going to give it to Arkansas State at home. Absolutely. Um, in a different situation, that game, you know, on, on a neutral site, it's 50-50 straight up. Yeah. I don't think Arkansas State's in a great place. I think they will be soon, but um, not yet. Next up, a third road game in a row at Texas A&M. Not much to talk about here. It's a loss. Yeah, it's a loss. It's Texas A&M's got way too much talent for that. And then you finish off the year at home, but it is against Army. Army whooped up on them last year by two touchdowns right around. Um, I'm going to give the win to Army again. Yeah, I think Army beats them a little bit better this year, too. I think that uh, Army's got a great team. We'll talk about them later. But I think that uh, I don't think UMass has anywhere near the skill to compete with that. Yeah, I, I don't either. So um, I have them 2-10. Where do you have them? 2-10 as well. So that is on the under for both of us. However, um, the under is minus 165 in Vegas right now if you wanted to bet that. Um, and the over is plus 125. When you're talking Don Brown as the coach, we gave him two wins. We got New Mexico State and Stony Brook. Stony Brook, I feel like, is a sure thing. New Mexico State, I feel pretty confident in that, homecoming by before it. And you're telling me Don Brown only has to find one more win? I yeah. think I like the plus 125 on the over. I think I do, too. And especially when you're talking some of those games. I mean, you got some road, you know, a road game against Temple, but Temple's terrible. Road game against Arkansas State. Arkansas State's terrible. Road game against UConn. UConn's terrible. You know, and then you got a, a Buffalo home game in there. So there's some definitely some opportunities, and you just have to win one of those games in order to hit the over. So I do like the over there a decent amount. Especially with a coach like Butch Jones, who is known for more so um, whatever tactic he uses, known more so for recruiting than coaching. Um you know, that's the end of the season. If Arkansas State's in the middle of another terrible year, I mean, they might not have have the the same edge that Don Brown's guys are playing with at that point. Right, right. Very, very interesting to see. But, yeah, with the value on the over, I don't necessarily love the over from a scheduling standpoint, but with the value at the plus 125, that'd be my play. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go talk about Jim Mora Jr. and the UConn Huskies. They are returning a total of 75% of their production, which is good for 30th in the nation. Offense, 74% of their offense is coming back. That is good for 39th in the nation. Their defense, 76% of their defensive production, uh, good for 34th in the nation. Um, not a lot to talk about recruiting-wise with this program. Transfer portal wasn't as huge as maybe you would hope for it to be with Jim Mora. He did plug in some transfers on the defense. Uh, over, under, sitting at two and a half for this team. What, what do you take away from the Huskies? You know, I'm very interested, you know, like I touched on a minute ago about Taquan Roberson from Penn State, uh, 5'11", 203 sophomore at quarterback. Uh, you know, if see if he could do some dual threat things there with Jim Moore as the coach. Uh, it's very interesting. They do have some uh, big targets at receiver. Uh they have uh, their leading receiver back. They have a guy from Old Dominion. They got some big bodies out there, so it's it's, it's interesting. Um, they don't have that great of an offensive line, unfortunately. Uh, running back's a little bit of a question mark. So uh, offensively, they're uh, very, very uh, – they have – I guess I should say that they have potential, but we're not too sure yet. 
Yeah, I mean, there are some pieces in place. Now, this was a uh, a terrible offense last year, to just be frank. Yes, they have eight back on that side of the ball, but they were 129th in scoring and 128th in total offense. So definitely a long, long way to go. I mean, this is a team, they went a 1-11 in 2021 with a 10-point loss at home to Holy Cross, and they only won by six to Yale in their one victory. So this team does have a very long way to go. It'll be interesting to see what guys like Roberson coming in can really do for Jim Moore and this program. Yeah. And you know, as the uh, projected depth chart that I'm looking at right now uh, projects them to start eight sophomores just on offense this year. So it's a very young team. Uh, so they're kind of all over the place. They're not hundred percent sure which way they're going, but it could end up pretty decent depending on how these guys click together. Yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be something just like with Don Brown. We're going to watch as the year goes on and see how the coach is bringing this team around. Uh, let's start off and go ahead and get into the schedule. Um, two and a half wins is what we're looking for. We're going to start off at Utah State. Um, I don't see any way that's a win. No, Utah State's a much better team. It's cross country. It's in Utah, which is creepy no matter what. <laughs> so, yeah, we like uh, Utah State there for sure. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... Like Jim Mora, I would not be surprised to find out that Jim Mora is a Mormon, but I could also really see him struggling with Mormon culture. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see that. You know, it's like once you reach Utah, you enter some sort of portal and you end up in this weird land. So I don't know really. Honestly, I would not be surprised to see Jim Mora. Like he's young enough to like start a quarterback for for, is, for a Utah school. So right. <laughs> he could have just been on mission since 2017 That's true. when we last saw him. Uh, next up, you got Central Connecticut at home for UConn. Uh, they were four and seven in the FCS last year. I'm going with a win. Yeah, I'm going with a win to it. Uh, in-state uh, opponent, usually the uh, the big brother wins that one, and especially FCS, and UConn's got some pieces there. I, I like UConn. UConn's kind of like the big, like, Downsy brother. But... Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, still, you know, the Downsy strength, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, you got Syracuse coming to town in a really creepy, creepy matchup. I'm going to I'm gonna give this one to Syracuse, but who the hell knows there? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's a game you could see where uh, – you know, maybe there's like 32 turnovers in the game or something like that, you know, and uh, it could be a very, very interesting spot. Uh, those two teams, they played, no, they didn't play last year, but they, they've played a decent amount in the past. Um, I do, uh, I do like Syracuse there, but it's definitely not a gimme. You could give me any outcome of that game. You could give me Syracuse wins by 50. You can give me UConn wins by 50. I just wouldn't be surprised no matter what happened. No, no, no. Uh, on paper, though, yeah, we'll go ahead and give it to Syracuse. Next up at Michigan, follow that up with back-to-back -back road spot at NC State. Not a lot to talk about, right? Two yeah, losses. not a chance. Not a chance on either one of those games. Absolutely not. Now, next up is a for-sure loss, but uh, from a gambling standpoint, I'd circle this game. Fresno State coming to town to play UConn. Last year, they whooped the holy hell out of UConn out in Fresno. But, um, I mean, Fresno has Boise State the week after. They're looking to get it done and pack it in, right? Yeah, I think this game's going to be a little bit closer. Fresno State's got a high-powered offense. High-powered defense is actually a great team. Uh, but Fresno, I think they're just going to get a lead and kind of coast in this game. Uh, I don't know what the line's going to be. It's probably going to be big. I would favor UConn and I, uh, with the points, obviously. I think Fresno State wins the game, but uh, maybe like a – like a 14-point game, 17-point game, something like that. 
Yeah, I would I would think so as well. Far travel too. Yeah. Um, you're gonna follow that up with a game at Florida International FIU. Uh, it is the homecoming game for FIU. However, man, just FIU is in shambles. It might be so far from what I've seen in my research this year. I, I think they're one of the teams in the biggest amount of disarray. And I think if Jim Moore gets a little momentum going here at UConn, even though it's homecoming for FIU, even though it's on the road, I'm giving this one to UConn. I, I do not like the position that FIU is in right now. Yeah, I uh, I went FIU in this game, but it is a 50-50 game. Uh, my my mindset was it's a it's a far travel for pretty even teams. I do have UConn a slightly better on paper than I do with FIU, but uh, I just think FIU can win a home game there, and they're probably not going to win much else. So I gave that to them. But like you said, I mean, it's about 50-50 on that. So we got these two flopped. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. This is the second game uh, on another back-to-back road trip here, so the second one for UConn this season. They're going to be going to uh, Ball State in Indiana, Muncie, I believe. Um, a lot of fun goes on there in Muncie, Indiana, I'm sure. Um uh, program losing a lot. I, I still have them a decent ways above UConn. Um, so I got the loss for, for UConn here. I have the upset here. I have them going into Ball State and winning. I think uh, I think Ball State's a better team than FIU for sure. Uh, they, were, However, Ball State was a disappointment last year. They were supposed to be a lot better than they were. Uh, I don't really know how they're going to take that and if you know they're going to kind of bounce back this season or if they're going to keep going down. Um, I just think it's a good spot for UConn to catch them. They are, uh, it's not really all that far of a trip. Uh, and if they lose that FIU game, they're going to know that they got to, they got to get some wins here. So, uh, I think more could go in there and get it done and, uh, get their second win of the season. Absolutely. Anything can happen when you're talking back football teams. Yeah. Uh, so that will bring UConn into, a buy and um, let's go ahead and just say fuck you, athletic director, for scheduling. You, you get this buy scheduled before Boston College, so not a whole hell of a lot of help, uh, help there for UConn. Plus, it's UConn's homecoming game. That's ridiculous. Uh, like fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Jesus. <laughs> and wouldn't you think that you would want your buy? after Boston College, so you can recover from half the guys that get injured. Yeah. In that game. <laughs> and it's your homecoming. Not have it your homecoming. That's ridiculous. <laughs> They're going to get blown out in that game. There's no mistake. There's no question about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, situationally, you know, the bye, the homecoming, it is the second of a back-to-back road trip for Boston College. So maybe if the line's big enough, you're going to find some gambling value there for UConn. But win-loss-wise, yuck. So that's that's a loss for me as well at UConn – or. Uh, against Boston College. Next up, we have UMass coming into UConn. Um, we already talked about this one on the last one. We got a win for UConn, right? Yeah, yeah, we had the win for UConn there. Um, pretty much just what we said the last time. Uh, you know, they have they should have put it together enough by now, and I think that they should be able to at least somewhat stop the running game under Mora, and if UMass doesn't have much else, I think they'll be able to uh, pull through. Yeah, get a win at home against a similar opponent. Makes sense. Right. Next up, Liberty coming to UConn. Uh, this does follow Arkansas for Liberty, and it's the second game of a back-to-back road trip for Liberty as well. Um, that being said, I still got the loss for UConn. Yeah, it's a tricky spot for Liberty, but I don't think UConn has enough talent yet to be able to compare with that. So I got Liberty. And the final game, for some reason, Army just gets all these teams at the end of their schedule. 
before the Navy game. It's going to be at Army over in West Point. Um, I got the loss to UConn pretty easily there. Yeah, that's a that's a no-brainer. Army's too good. That's UConn's not going to be able to contend with that. So that being said, the over/under was at two and a half set by Vegas. The over is plus one ten. The under is minus one forty-five. Um, I'm going to have to go. The value is on the over again. Uh, again, you go with a coach bringing some life into a program. I can more easily see this team winning three games than two. Yeah, and I mean, if you say you got UMass at home, so you say that's you're pretty confident that's a win, uh, and then Central Connecticut State at home, you're pretty confident that's a win. So you would just have to win one more game out of your other ten, and you hit the over. And that you're at your plus value, you know, that's that's really good. Like we had, you know, I had them beating Ball State, you had them beating FIU. They could be win either one of those games. Uh, you know, tricky, not that I think they're going to be Boston College or Liberty, but they're tricky spots for both teams. So, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. I, I do think they I do think they go over at three and nine. Uh, I mean, it's possible that they only win those two we talked about, but I think they squeak another one out. Now, I will clarify here that we're giving you picks, yes, on every single team, all 131 uh, teams across college football. That's just gun to head. We're making picks. We will let you know the ones that we really feel strong about. For instance, yes, I think there is more value on the over of this UConn team. I'm not going to bet this. No, no. <laughs> okay? There's no chance. Uh, you know, looking at it in second look, I still don't want to take the juice on the minus 145 under. But you are really saying we gave them the two games there. The only other spot that they can really win is FIU or Ball State. So, there is not, and those are both on the road. It's a back-to-back -back road trip, so there's not a ton to love about this over. It's just the pick we're going to make on this particular team. Um, okay, moving on. Another great team from last year, 2-10, and 10, New Mexico State Aggies, but another cool story. They're bringing in Jerry Kill as the head coach. He's about uh, 85 years old now. Right. <laughs> they have Tim Beck as their offensive coach. And I do really like when coaches bring in uh, other other guys, other coordinators and things that they are familiar with over the years. So Tim Beck, I do like that. That is awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool story. They got some, you know, decent stuff there in the coaching in the weird state of New Mexico. Um, <laughs> now, this team, I have this team as an F. However, they could be a bull team this year. <laughs> this team is very interesting. They do not return a lot of production. I'm not even going to go over the numbers. They really don't bring a ton back. They bring a little more back on defense than they do on offense. They sucked last year. Right. However, transfer portal, number 35 yeah. in the nation. Yeah, they had some awesome transfers coming in there. Um, uh, Diego Pavia, uh New Mexico Military Junior College National Championship in 2021. Um, they have some guys that are some athletes. They talk about some other uh, transfers, all that, JUCO transfers. Um, Jamani Jones at running back. Um, they got a leading returning receiver. So it's, it's kind of all new stuff there, but there's guys that have talent that have played other places, have won some things. Um you know, it's, it's an interesting thing, too, when you get an older guy like Jerry Kill, <clears throat> there's styles of offense that he's obviously going to be known for running with his teams. You know, his last coaching job was Minnesota from 2011 to 2015. But you get this interesting thing where you bring in this Juco national champion winning quarterback, and he's like a smaller guy, 
from uh, New Mexico Military Institute. Military Institute usually screams some sort of uh, spread option, you know, somewhere in there, potentially triple option. I'm not sure. But um, a guy like Jerry Kill or a guy like your dad (laughs) are always just like praying for like the opportunity to run the wishbone and shit. Oh yeah, they love it. They <laughs> you know, love it. Just so they could tell their their fat alcoholic son, like, hey, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I ran the wishbone and you know, yeah, you tell we, us all about we, it. We and rushed, make fun of us. We rushed for five hundred and twelve yards yesterday. We passed for three. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they love that shit. And I yeah. picture Jerry Kill doing the same thing to his like fat son and his fat son's fat friend. I'm sure. And and, <laughs> and what's interesting too is uh uh, Amani Watkins uh, was a running back at TCU. He also followed Jerry Kill. So they have some running backs there. You know, this quarterback's going to be able to uh, – Pavia, Pavia? Pavia. Yeah, Pavia. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, we're not going to pronounce every name right No, I'm sorry. No, it's um, not. We just <laughs> moved to Florida. We just met, like, Spanish people for the first time. Like, right. We, it's you know. not really – yeah. <laughs> it's not our strong suit. No. Um, they, they do got – they do have a uh, a decent running game in the works. Now their offensive line is terrible, from what from what I understand. But that's not necessarily a horrible thing when you're running the triple option. Obviously, you always want to have a good offensive line, but as long as they can run block, as long as they can read assignments, as long as they're smart, you can get away with having a subpar offensive line running the triple option. Yeah, you just have to be very, uh, very well coached, right? <laughs> which is something Jerry Kill is going to bring to the table. I mean, you know, you talk about the military institutions, the the academy schools, they 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 like can't have players that are too fat on their lines, right? Because there are still military standards for height, and weight. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know, they obviously push them and bend those a little bit for the football team and whatnot. But they're not 300-some-pound linemen out there for the most part, and they run the triple option and year in, year out, have the best running offenses in the entire country. Exactly. So that's just the way it works, and it'll be interesting to see what Jerry Kill puts together. Um, You know, for a team that's 2-10 and last year, not a good team any time in really like the last five or six years that I could think of. I know it wasn't that long ago they had a couple good years. Right. Um, But recent history has been terrible. Vegas still sees the over-under at – three and uh it's only even odds for the over so interesting let's uh hop into the schedule starting off at home against the Wolfpack from Nevada um Nevada won this game 55 to 28 last year however very different Nevada team yeah Nevada lost everything this year including Uh, their coach yeah I mean they have you know they lost a lot of their uh a lot of their guys they lost to through the transfer portal, uh, and they lost a lot to graduation, things like that. So I don't, uh, I don't think Nevada's got much back at all. Uh, however, this is, and this is also a home game for New Mexico State. Uh, however, I do think Nevada has enough holdover talent to win this game, and I do have it going Nevada's favor. Yeah, same here. I mean, you're not bringing back any continuity at all, really, for either program. So you know. Uh, just go with the team that's had the better product on the field recently, but I don't think this is a sure thing by any means for Nevada, but we will give the win to the Wolfpack. Next up, interesting because it is Minnesota, which was Jerry Kill's last head coaching job. However, uh, traveling to Minnesota, I don't see a win here. Nah, it's it's too far of a too far of a uh, flight, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say drive. 
Um, and then New Mexico State might not have a team playing. That's true. <laughs> for being honest. <laughs> too far of a drive. <laughs> too much of a talent discrepancy. I think that uh, it's a very interesting spot, you know, and uh, for Kill to go up against his former team. However, his former team's also going up against him. So uh, it kind of makes it interesting. But, yeah, Minnesota has just way too much talent. It's a, it's a Minnesota victory there. But I guess we shouldn't forget that Minnesota did lose the Bowling Green last year. It's true. So, so it's true. So it's not a, uh, it's it's not a sure good. thing. <laughs> Next up, um, at UTEP. So they're going on the road back-to-back weeks here uh, for New Mexico State. They're going to play University of Texas El Paso. A uh, little-known rivalry here. Uh, they've actually played a lot. New Mexico State is 38-58 and 58 all-time versus UTEP. UTEP won last year 30-3. and three. Uh, Dana Demmel really doing it big out there with UTEP. This is a traditionally uh, pretty terrible football team, and they really turned a corner last year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the win to UTEP. Yeah, I think UTEP's got too much talent on that team. They did bring a decent amount back, and I believe, if I remember correctly, they had a lot of guys that were out from injuries and a lot of guys that stepped in in their place, and now they're all back together. So I think that team's definitely going to be interesting. I don't think New Mexico State has what it takes to go out there and win, so give it to UTEP. Uh, and then just straight fuck you to New Mexico State. They got to travel to Madison to play the Wisconsin Badgers third straight week on the road, and you got to play Wisconsin. Uh, yikes. Yeah, it comes <laughs> over before it starts. It's, you know, Wisconsin has those years where they – beat up on these teams and beat them by like 70 and i wouldn't expect anything different <laughs> it's a minor concern for me that like jerry kill doesn't have like he has that old guy mentality of like go out there and you win this fucking game it is. and he's not gonna like pull his starters after the first 10 minutes when the game's over well, especially because minnesota and wisconsin's one of the oldest rivalries <laughs> in all of sports and like yeah. he's gonna want to win that game and be all <laughs> All pissed off. So I... <laughs> somebody has to explain to Jerry Kill that this is not an actual football game. Right. <laughs> Take it easy on your guys. Yeah. And... Especially since Wisconsin does have Ohio State on deck the week after. They want to get that game over fast. Yeah. Just let them let them have their way with you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so next up, a game they actually can win. New Mexico State is bringing the Rainbow. Are, are they back to Rainbow Warriors? Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so they're bringing Hawaii into town. Uh, you get Hawaii off the island. Always a big deal. Hawaii obsessed with New Mexico State last year. <laughs> Played them twice, won both games. However, uh, I don't like this Hawaii team this year. I'm, I'm going to give the win to New Mexico State. I think they're ahead of Hawaii. I believe Hawaii was one of my two F-minuses this year, possibly even my only one. Um, I really, really think that team's terrible this year. However... I think they're going in a good direction, bringing in Timmy Chang. It's going to take him a couple years, but I think that team's going to be pretty good coming up. Uh, however, this is not the year for Hawaii at all, and I think that's you know anywhere from Hawaii is a long trip. So I don't uh, I don't expect them to go to New Mexico State and win. I think uh, New Mexico State gets that one. It's their first win. I, I agree with everything you just said there. Um, next up, coming into town is FIU. Second straight road game for FIU. I kind of already covered my thoughts on that team. I don't like them, and I'm going to give a second straight win to New Mexico State. Yeah, I agree. I think they're, uh, again, cross-country. And, you know, I talk about that a lot, but it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing when you're traveling cross-country in college. I mean, it's a, you know, when, when you kind of look at a spread and you say you give three points to the home team, you could double that for going across country because it's it's not easy at all, um, especially college kids. They have tests and they have uh, girlfriends and whatever else, you know, and uh, 
it's it's a long trip and there's a lot going on. It's not sometimes you're not fully up for the game. I think Florida International's standardized tests though are like scratching sniff stickers. Well, and probably telling them. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> and, and they still have troubles. But um, okay, so good use of a bye week here for New Mexico State because they get it before they bring uh, rival New Mexico Lobos into town. Uh, New Mexico State has been dominated in this rivalry. 33 and 73 all time versus New Mexico. 0 and 3 since 2008. New Mexico uh, took it to them last year, 34 to 25. However, New Mexico, another team that I am not digging this year at all. I'm giving a third straight win to the Aggies. Yeah, so am I. And I was uh, trying to glance real quick. I think New Mexico was. If I did have another F minus, it was them. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't think this team's very good at all. Um, that's interesting. They, apparently never play each other now, but um, I don't know. I like, I like New Mexico state here at home third win in a row for them. Uh, I just think they're slightly more talented than New Mexico and they get them in the Aggie Memorial stadium, which seats 28,853. Oh, yeah. That's going to be <laughs> rocking that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is a homecoming game for New Mexico state. Second leg of a back-to-back for the team coming into town. That is the San Jose state Spartans who won by just six points last year at home in San Jose. Um, You know, this is a dangerous spot. I'm going to say I I have the loss here for New Mexico State. I do like San Jose State to get a little bit back back on track under Brett Brennan this year. However, you give a team coached by Jerry Kill three straight wins, and then you got the homecoming game, second leg of a back-to-back for San Jose State, dangerous spot. Yeah, that's kind of exactly what I was going to touch on there. It's that is not an easy spot for San Jose State. Um, you know they do have the talent there uh, to to kind of succeed in in what they do this year, and I think they're going to be a decent team. But you know, yeah, like you said, bringing Jerry Kill, giving Jerry Kill three wins in a row, homecoming game. Um, I got San Jose State here, but I mean, I could very easily see it going the other way. And I'll tell you what, if it does go the other way, the next game is at UMass, which UMass does have a bye before this game. It is the homecoming game for UMass. I did give this game to UMass, but if they win four straight, look out, UMass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we I give it to UMass as well there. But uh, keep in mind now, they uh, they play on September 17th. They're going to get their shit pushed in at Wisconsin. September 17th. They don't play another road game until October 29th. Wow. At Massachusetts. So all those games we were just talking about, those games are all at home. And New Mexico State, I mean, you know, you're going there. I mean, most of these people, you know, a lot of these players probably don't even know where New Mexico is on a map, let alone have been there. So it's it's definitely that's definitely tough. Um as far as the UMass game goes, we did touch on it. We did give it to UMass um cross country, uh about similar talent wise, but I mean it's another swing game. And then a bye week. Then you got Lamar coming to town after the bye week for New Mexico State. Uh, this is a two and nine FCS team. I'm giving the win to New Mexico State. Yeah, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't win this game, uh, regardless of what happened in the last two. And I think they uh, they pick it up fairly easily. That being said, they finish off the season with two road games against Missouri and Liberty, and I have two losses. Yeah, they don't have much of a chance in those games. I think those are both pretty easy losses to predict. Um, but uh, but that being said, uh, you know we both had them with four wins, and and now when it kind of going over the schedule, you kind of see what I'm talking about. That you know they're an F team, but they could potentially be bowl eligible. I mean that 
that Nevada game at home could go either way. Um, you know, San Jose State, we touched on that. It could kind of, you know, it's a great spot for them. At UMass really could go either way. There's a lot of potential in there. There really is. I mean, I would be more surprised to see this team win two games than I would to see them win five or six. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, if they get hot in just that right spot, that, that middle of the schedule that we're talking about, look out. Yeah. So uh, especially with the under being minus 130 juice, I'm going to take a little bit of a lean to the over uh, at even odds. It just seems like the smarter play here. Yeah. All right. Yeah, moving we on, we have the Liberty Flames. Hugh Freeze. Um, from a production standpoint, not looking great. 51% of the total production from last year coming back. That is good for 121 in the nation. 103rd uh, production returning in the nation for offense. 118th for defense. Vegas sees this team as a six and a half win total. Uh, over six and a half is minus 140. Under is plus 120. Yeah, uh, Liberty was extremely disappointing last year. They dropped five games on a team that had uh, had kind of hopes of making a making the playoff last year. They had uh, Malik Willis, who was a do everything, and uh, you know a top. Well, he he dropped to the third. He was supposed to be a first round yeah. pick in the draft. He dropped to the third round, I believe. But um, you know they they lost a lot of production from that team. That being said, uh, they do have they did bring in Charlie Brewer. Uh, Baylor in Utah. Brewer had a uh, rough season last year, but he's got all the experience in the world. He's played for years and years and years. Um, he's got, like 35 at this point. Yeah, he's got to be. Um, they brought in Day Day Hunter and at running back from Hawaii. Uh, he should have a pretty standout year. Um, the biggest thing with the, the biggest strength of this team is their defense. They were 11th in total defense last year. Uh, they do have five guys back from that. They also brought in a couple. Uh, transfers i believe um yeah junior college transfer mike smith at linebacker uh they have some good guys in the secondary so i think this defense should be somewhat on that level again yeah and i think the offense is looking pretty solid too another one i saw was uh fcs all-american last year from campbell uh caleb sneed so that fills a big need at a wide receiver i think i i mean transfer portal for this year they were number 59 in the nation so Obviously, that's Hugh Freeze's uh, gig. He's not really getting crazy great recruits coming to Liberty, but he is using the transfer portal to plug holes. Um, probably not the only holes that Hugh Freeze is plugging out there in Liberty, but, <laughs> but uh, that's that's what he's using the transfer portal in this scenario. All right, so getting into the schedule, like I said, over under six and a half. We are going to start off at the University of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I am giving the win to Liberty here. Yeah, me too. I think that... Uh... Liberty has a lot more talent than Southern Miss. Southern Miss is probably going to have the best player on the field in Frank Gore Jr. Uh, however, the rest of the team doesn't uh, really match up with Liberty, so I got Liberty. Agreed, agreed. It's not a 100% sure thing for me, but I, I, I'm going to go with that. Next up, you have UAB, who uh, Liberty beat last year in their first game in their brand-new stadium. Big deal for that program. UAB disappeared for a little bit. Their football team uh, came back, and, and really a feel-good story there. Um, I have UAB getting a little revenge over Liberty this year. I think they're a more consistent program. I think they're in a better spot this year. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have UAB take down Liberty even on the road. Yeah, UAB's got a good team this year, and I definitely uh, I definitely think that they're gonna make some noise, and uh, they could have a very very surprisingly good season. Uh, however, I do have Liberty winning this game. Uh, it just boils down to me for them Liberty being at home. Uh, and, you know, having kind of coming off that 
road win week one, kind of trying to get get stuff going and uh, make up for what happened last year. Yeah. So next up you have at Wake Forest. Uh, this is a homecoming game for Wake Forest. Clemson is on deck. Uh, however, I think Wake Forest just outguns them. I, I got the win for Wake. Yeah, I mean, it, Wake Forest has way too much firepower on offense. I mean, the team is, you know, Liberty's going to score on them, but uh, Wake Forest is going to have one of the best offenses in the country this year, and it's on the road. I don't I don't see a, really Liberty has a chance there. Yeah, I really, really don't either. It could be a little bit of a shootout, maybe some fun fireworks to watch. It could be fun to watch. You know, you could see Brewer throw for like 400 and Hartman throw for like 700 or something. <laughs> their, their combined ages is like 70. Yeah, That's seriously. fucking insane. <laughs> uh, next up, you have Joe Moorhead in the Akron Zips coming to town. Should be an interesting team to watch, uh, Akron, but not in this particular game. They're going to be outgunned. Liberty obviously ahead. I'm going to give them the win. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they just have too much talent. Akron, Akron does have some very interesting things going on that we will talk about when we do our MAC. But uh, but as of this particular game, I like Liberty at home. Next up, you go to another Virginia Group of Five school, and you're going to go to at Old Dominion. Um, Ricky Ronnie doing a good job at Old Dominion. This was a team I didn't have a lot of faith in last year. They didn't even play the year prior. Um, so I, I thought they were going to suck, but they what they ended up in a bowl game, I believe. So. Um, that being said, this is a dangerous spot, but I'm giving the win to Liberty. Yeah, me too. Uh, Old Dominion was a huge surprise last year. Uh, and I think that they're going to be, uh, kind of go on that momentum. They might not be quite where they were at, but there should be in the ballpark. Um, but yeah, I, Liberty's too good of a team. I, I think they're going to take that win. Next up at UMass, we already had a win there. We'll cover that. We covered that exciting homecoming game for Liberty against Gardner Webb. Uh, obviously a win there. Gardner Webb four and seven in the FCS. Yeah, yeah, that's a win there. There's not really much to talk about with that. Next up, very interesting spot. I'm giving a loss to Liberty against BYU, but this does follow Arkansas on BYU schedule. Very tricky spot for BYU to go on the road after a big home game. Um, I'm, I'm giving the win to BYU, but look out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I like BYU there, but you know BYU's got all the talent in the world this year, but. Uh, yeah, look out in that Liberty with the spot for Liberty. It's uh, it's going to be tricky, but I am going to go BYU. All right. Next up on the schedule is a bye, and then they will have uh, a little road trip to Arkansas to play the Razorbacks. This is the homecoming game for Arkansas, but it is sandwiched in between Auburn and LSU for Arkansas. Arkansas. A little bit of a danger spot. However, I do have the Razorbacks getting it done at home. Yeah, I do too. Um, it's, you know, it's, wouldn't be a shock if Liberty went out there and beat them, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to go Arkansas. Uh, second leg of a back-to-back road trip for Liberty here again. Uh, they go and they play UConn. We already discussed it. We gave the win to Liberty. Next up, Virginia Tech coming to town. Um, Liberty came to Black Blacksburg in 2020 and won 38 to 35 over Virginia Tech. This is a second leg of a back-to-back for the Hokies. Um, and Virginia, the big Virginia-Virginia Tech game is on deck after that. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous spot for the Hokies. I have Liberty winning. Yeah, I do too. I, I just don't think Virginia Tech's a very good team right now, and I think that they're kind of removed from the sweet teams that we remember seeing, and they're just, they just haven't really found their place. And, and you know, having to travel to Liberty, I, I don't like it for Virginia Tech. I think I'm going to go Liberty there. And, and Virginia Tech is in, in Virginia are both like really guilty of playing these group of five in-state teams. They 
they gotta back off. I know. <laughs> Old, Old Dominion beat I one of the two. I think it was Virginia Tech a couple years ago, and then Liberty's already beat them a couple years ago. So yeah, yeah really gotta lay off these. Right. Uh, final game: New Mexico State at home for Liberty. We already have that as a win for Liberty. I have them eight and four. I have them nine and three. Nine and three. So yeah. both of those are over the six and a half. Let me tell you. Uh, all right. So we have all overs for all seven of these independent teams. These are not conference teams. Conferences are going to look a lot different. You're not going to have all overs in a conference. These are independents. They play whoever the fuck. So it's a completely different ball game. And like we said, we're giving you our thoughts on what's the better bet. Under plus 120. This is the one that I was really trying to find. Like, okay, we have all fucking overs. I don't want to go on this thing and just say all overs. Under plus 120, I can't find I can't find six losses on the schedule. No, no, I, I not at all. You know, and there's even games like some swing games like uh, BYU, they could pick up that win. Uh, you have them losing the UAB, they could pick up that win. You know, so there's different, but but losses, there's not a whole lot more that you can, I mean, Virginia Tech potentially, but other than that, you know, add Old Dominion, I guess, but there's just not really, you can't really say confidently that this team's going to win less than six and a half. For where I have them projected, they would have to lose both at Old Dominion and the Virginia Tech game at home and. I just don't see that being that that likely, no, honestly. No. So over minus 140, that's the lean there. Don't love it because of the value, but um, I don't see how it goes under. All right. So next up is going to be the Army Black Knights. Jeff Monken, Uh not bringing back a ton as far as returning production rankings, but I'm not even going to go over it because this is a service academy, and they are returning 21 out of 22 upperclassmen as starters. You got to love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, it always starts with Army's running game, second in the country last year. 260-pound uh, fullback. Uh, Jacoby Buchanan, six foot two sixty. He's a senior. Uh, 18 touchdowns in the past two seasons, 12 last year. Uh, you also have Tyrell Robinson at running back. Uh, averaged 8.5 yards per carry, 28.3 yards on 12 catches last year. Uh, so they got a, a ton of count back behind a good offensive line. Uh, I think this team's going to be pretty good offensively. Uh, you know, uh, Tyler, Ty, Tyler, Tyler, is that his name? Ty, Ty here. Ty here. I believe. Ty, he, Tyler, uh, small running quarterback. Uh, Just yada, yada. Yeah, <laughs> like Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, four starts last year. So uh, he has a, he ran for 486 yards. So he has definitely got a, uh, I think that offense is going to be pretty good. And then uh, I'll turn the defense over to you because uh, there's this guy that we absolutely love on their defense. Yeah, there's experience all over this defense. I mean, that is the side that they are bringing back the most production. They're only 55th uh, ranked in the country on, on this side, which is pretty good. They're bringing it back 69% of their defensive production. And a lot of that is going to come through six foot seven linebacker. Linebacker, and he's a hybrid, right? Yeah. Uh, Andre Carter, the second. He's coming back. He had 15 and a half sacks last year. That's insane. It was the 15th total defense in the nation. Experience all over it. Like we said, um, nothing, nothing to to sneeze at this defense. I love this defense. Yeah, it's awesome. I think this this team's ve very well rounded. Uh, very, very good Army team, and I think they have a chance to do something special this year. It's built exactly how you want one of the service academies to be built. Um, so you're going to start off. This is a very interesting game on the road. Uh, down in Myrtle Beach on the teal turf with the mullets. Uh, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, I looked into it. They've never played 
one of the three major service academies, never played Army, Navy, or Air Force. Yeah, um, you know, that's a, that's definitely a tricky uh, game for Coastal. Uh, Coastal didn't bring much back at all. However, they did bring back Grayson McCall, who's one of the, you know, I think he was the top thrower in the country last year. Yeah. I think he was top. Um, and uh, it's it's there. They have a whole offseason to prepare. I did go Coastal in this game in a very, very close game. And then next up, you have uh, UTSA. This game is sandwiched for UTSA directly between Houston and Texas. Uh, terrible spot for UTSA to get a service academy. It is at West Point. Um, I, I, Army wins easily. Yeah, they drew a tough uh, draw there. I got Army there. And, and UTSA is a really, really good team, and I love that team, but yeah, what a bad spot. Yeah. Um, Villanova, a very good FCS team, 10-3 uh, in the FCS last year, ranked number eight to start the season. So even though it's an FCS, it's a tough draw still, but I am going to give the win to Army. Yeah, same here. I mean, if either of these teams played, uh, you know, either of the last two teams played pretty much anyone we've gone with so far, we would have given them losses. But uh, Army takes care of both teams. All right. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I'd say it's more likely that they go 3-0 and in this stretch than they go any worse than 2-1. and Yeah. So uh, next up, you got the bye week, and then you bring Georgia State to town. Georgia State is a good Sun Belt team. However, this is following the Coastal Carolina game for Georgia State. Big game in conference there, and Army whipped up on this team, uh, forty-three to ten last year. I got the win for Army. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's at home, and I think that Army has a little bit more talent than Georgia State does. Uh, tough to prepare for a triple option team, and they do have the buy before it. Army does, so I, I like Army. All right, next up, the Army Black Knights are going to take a trip out to play at Wake Forest, um, Salem, Winston, right, North Carolina, Winston Salem, Winston Salem. Yeah. yeah, that's right. All right. That was close. Yeah. All right. Uh, they lost last year to Wake at home, seventy to fifty-six. I'm going to give this win to Wake again. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, could be another high-scoring game. Anything is going to be with Wake, but uh, I do like Wake in this game. Uh, probably within ten, but I still like them. All right. Following up that is going to be Colgate, um, a good toothpaste company. <laughs> uh, the five and six in the FCS last year. I got Army taking that one. Yeah. Same with me. Not not much to talk about with that. Uh, it's Harry Bowden and ULM coming to town. This is the second straight road trip for ULM. They caught a few team teams. Uh, they've caught a few teams last year off guard. However, I'm giving it to Army. Yeah, same here. Uh, I don't think ULM really stands much of a chance against Army. Too much firepower. We're going to go neutral site down in Arlington, Texas for a game against Air Force, a service academy game. Love these matchups. Uh, a lot of people hate them because there's no passing, but I, I love it. It's like really, really pure football. Just smash into each other and run the ball. Uh, last year, Army won this game in overtime, twenty-one to fourteen. Besides uh, being really the worst team overall last year, I mean, Air Force won ten games last year. Now, Air Force does have a bye before this game this year. Army is eighteen and thirty-seven all time against Air Force. I'm I'm going Air Force. Yeah, me too. Uh, these are both going to be very good teams this year. Uh, but I am going to go a slight edge with Air Force, especially after Army beat them in overtime last year. Uh, I'm going to take the revenge spot here. All right. Next up, we're going to Troy to play the Sun Belt Troy Trojans. Um, I'm giving the win to Army here at Troy, but that's a it's a tough spot. I could easily go a loss there. Yeah, I'm high on Troy this year. They have a lot of returning starters, and I think they have a good amount of talent. But I. Uh, you know, being at Troy is a tough spot, but I am going to go Army. I think Army is is quite a bit better at this point. 
Next up, that brings UConn to town. We already covered this one. Army won last year, should get this one done again. And UMass at UMass, uh, we covered as well. Army should win. So those two, and then it's going to be the bye week before Navy, the last game of the regular season uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, they lost the Navy last year. Army is 53 and 62 all time against Navy, um, but they have won four of the last six. Army's got to get this one. Yeah, they're going to win this one. I think that they uh, should win it pretty handily. Um, so that is, I have Army nine and three. Um, um, yeah, I have them. I have them nine and three as well. Again. Uh, the over's only minus one fifteen. This is one of the stronger plays in this conference. It just there's there's a scenario where they definitely only win eight, but I don't really see the scenario where they win seven. I mean, we already gave them the loss to Coastal. Um, right. Who who else is gonna beat them? It's not ULM. It's not. I mean, maybe Troy does, but then you push. Yeah, and then you could very easily win that Air Force game, and you know, so you could win the Coastal game. There's a lot of different things that could happen there. So I don't. I definitely don't see them going under. At minus 115, that, that over is juicy. I like that over. I think worst-case scenario is you push. Next up, we have the BYU Cougars, who overall, from a production standpoint, are the number two team in the nation overall. In particular, 97% of their defensive production is back. Good for number one in the country. This team went 10-2 and two last year. They are picking up their recruiting like crazy. Kalani Sataki crushing it, crushing it. And in the transfer portal, number 46 in the nation ranking this year. So you're talking about a ton of uh, returning production this year in combination with a really strong uh, transfer portal ranking on a 10 and two team from last year. They went five and zero against the Pac-12. A lot to love here. Yeah, they brought in Christopher Brooks from Cal to take over at running back. Uh, He's going to be behind uh, Jaron Hall, obviously. Jaron Hall was an absolute stud last year. Uh, This team brings back. They bring back seven on offense, eight on defense from what I had. Uh, I got 10 on D. 10 on D, wow. Well, there was a lot of injuries last year on this defense, so a lot of guys got time. Yeah, exactly. Their smallest offensive lineman is 6'6", 295. And they run about eight deep on guys who had experience on the O-line last year. It's just nasty. They did lose running back. Uh, Tyler Allgaier, who was really good, but like you said, they replaced him with Christopher Brooks. They have a deep O line. The passing game is solid. A lot of receiver at wide, re- uh, they, a lot of experience at wide receiver. They have every receiver back. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah, yeah, they have uh, Mitt Romney or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, a lot to love about this team. Uh, let's get into it. The over under Vegas has at eight and a half. Um, And at eight and a half, I mean that's a tall order, but um, let's let's get into the schedule. So first game at USF. USF just isn't quite there yet. They've played them close recent years, but I'm gonna go BYU. How about you? Yeah, same thing. I mean USF has some potential, but not here. All right, then they're gonna bring to Provo. They are bringing the Baylor Bears. Baylor last year, really good team, obviously. Uh, Big Twelve championship. They beat BYU last year uh, at home. So I think this year BYU gets it done. I think they take care of them in Provo. Yeah, Baylor should be good again, but I think uh, now you're going to Provo, and I think that uh, BYU uh, gets it done. Uh, I think Jaron Hall has a huge game there, and everybody's able to see him on TV and you know maybe get some Heisman recognition. Yes, absolutely. Then you are going to take a trip to Eugene, Oregon, to play the Ducks. Now, 5-0 and BYU against the Pac-12 last year. 
Oregon getting a lot of preseason hype. I think it's a little too much preseason hype. I'm not necessarily uh, thinking I think Dan Lanning is the coach this year. Um, I think it's a very big culture change that he's going to bring to that team. I think he should do well, but I don't know about this year. However, I got him winning the game because it is at home. Yeah, I do too. I have, I have Oregon winning that one. That's a that's a tough trip, and uh, I think that they get it done in a very close game. All right, then Wyoming is going to come to Provo to play BYU. I am going to go BYU with the win. They are 45-30 and 30 all-time against the Wyoming Cowboys. Yeah, I don't think much of Wyoming this year, and uh, BYU is just a much better team. I have them picking up the win. Agreed. And then they have Utah State coming to town. A pretty good rivalry here. BYU is 50-37 and 37 all-time against Utah State. Um, BYU won last year in Logan, 34-20. I think they get it done at home. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't see any reason why not. Uh, I think they have a lot more talent, and they should get the win. And next up is the University of Notre Dame, the Catholics versus the Mormons. BYU 2-6 and all-time against Notre Dame. This game is going to take place in Vegas. Not entirely sure that the Mormons are allowed to go to Vegas. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, most uh, likely not. Honestly. Notre Dame scores a huge buy before they get BYU here. And on that merit, I am going to go with Notre Dame getting the win. Yeah, I think that's the difference in this game. I mean, I think the teams are pretty similar talent-wise. I have them both at a B plus. Uh, however, being uh, the Vegas factor, they should have a lot more fans. And, uh, and with the bye week, I like Notre Dame there. All right, and then coming to town, this is one of the best games I've ever seen from a look-ahead gambling spot. Uh, Arkansas, the Razorbacks, travel all the way to the mountains in Provo to play BYU. Second straight road trip for Arkansas. This is BYU's homecoming game. Mike, what do we know about SEC teams when they travel that far? They can't do it. They, they don't can't. win. They lose. They, they lose <laughs> this, every time. This is a fantastic spot. You're talking about a BYU team that might be 4-2 and two at that point. Could be even a little worse depending on how some of these games shake out. And you're going to have an Arkansas team that's probably going to be ranked due to SEC bias. Terrible spot for the Razorbacks. Great spot for your wallets. Bet BYU there. Absolutely. Next up, another tricky spot here. BYU going to Liberty. Man, I keep looking at that game and wanting to change my mind. I but I do have the win for BYU. Same here. Same and here. then coming to town are the Pirates of East Carolina University. Um, I got the win for BYU. Yeah, me too. I don't. I think East Carolina's got some talent there, but I don't think they're quite there yet. So I got BYU. Yeah, also a very tricky spot. They're coming off a UCF uh, home game against them. That's a tricky spot for UCF going that far up north. Um, and if that's a win for ECU, they're going to struggle next week. That's a that's a hangover game for sure. Um, next up, you got at Boise State. Boise State won in Provo last year, twenty six to seventeen. BYU actually four and eight all time against Boise. They struggle against the Broncos. Uh, this could easily be a loss. You know what? I'm marking this one as a loss. Yeah, that's what I had. Uh, I think that uh, that should be a very competitive game, but uh, just the fact it's in Boise, that's a that's such a tough place to play. Um, you know, and, and Boise did beat them last year in BYU. I think they beat them again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think BYU has to score a loss to either at Liberty or at Boise State. I, I don't yeah. think you can give them both wins. Uh, next up is, depending on who you believe, Utah Tech or Dixie State, one of the two. Either way, they were 1-10 in, in FCS last year. Um, I believe they are Utah Tech. I think they were Dixie State and changed. However, it doesn't matter. Uh, 
BYU rolls them. Yeah, it's a win. All right, then a bye week, and then at Stanford going um, to play the Cardinal. Uh, again, BYU 5-0 against the Pac-12 last year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them the win here. Yeah, I keep trying to like Stanford the last several years. They're just not good. So uh, I'm going BYU here in a probably a 14-point game or so I can see. Yeah, I, I mean, it is going to be a good quarterback matchup. Uh, two future NFL quarterbacks right, probably between right. Mackey and uh, – Jaron Hall. So um, I got him nine and three. Yeah. And I also have him nine and three. And the slight lean on the over again, under is one minus 135 to play the under plus 115 to play the over. So there are spots here. I, I don't like this one at all. If I'm being honest, no, I would take the plus 115 because it's really hard to bet that this team's going to win eight games when they bring back all that talent. From a team that went ten and two last year, exactly. You know, yeah. and last year's schedule was tough too. They played seven Power Five teams and they beat six of them. Right. So it was a tough schedule last year. Tough schedule this year. I don't see how you could pay up for the under. I'm going over again. Don't love it though. Um, next up, we are going to go with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the final team in the Independence. Uh, not a whole lot of returning production. Uh, big things happening in recruiting for Notre Dame, even picking up even more since Marcus Freeman took over the, at the wheel. Uh, not a big transfer portal school, number 74 in the country. Nothing crazy there. This team went 11-1 last year. Their over-under is set at 8.5. Yeah, uh, they don't have much back as far as uh, production goes and the skill positions. Uh, however, they do have all five back on the offensive linemen. Uh, on the offensive line, they have Michael Meyer back at tight end, who's an All-American. Uh, when you put that together, that's probably the best offensive line in the country. So um, if they're able to develop some uh, skill position guys and, and a quarterback behind that, uh, they should be pretty, pretty good. Um, and then defensively, you were talking about their defense a little bit earlier. Yeah, Al Gordon. Uh, Al Gordon. Yeah. Al Golden is coming in to take over as the defensive coordinator. Um, Really, really awesome pickup there to get a guy with that much coaching experience to help out Marcus Freeman in his first year's first major job. Um, Notre Dame's a, it's a daunting job to take over to be your first job as a head coach. That's huge. But Al Golden's going to help smooth that that transition. He has a lot to work with. The 15th scoring D from last year. Uh, and Isaiah Foskey is back. Had 11 sacks last year. Defensive tackle Jason Adamilola. Um, they got linebackers all over the place. The leading tackler from last year, J.D. Bertrand, is back. And they did lose Kyle Hamilton at safety. However, even though their transfer portal grade was not great, they brought in Northwestern transfer All-American Brandon Joseph to replace Kyle Hamilton at safety. Um, that being said, I, 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 a lot of good things around this team. Uh, eight and a half, uh, just off, off the sound of it, sounds a little low to me. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh... You know, I had this team as a B plus graded out. Uh, you had them, what, a B? A B. I, I don't think they're great at the skill positions. I think they're going to be a great defensive team. I think they're going to run the ball really, really well. I just don't see the big playability. And uh, going into the schedule, when your first game's against Ohio State, I think you're going to really see the talent differential from that standpoint. I think you're going to see what Notre Dame lacks in an explosive, uh, from an explosive point of view. Right. Um, Notre Dame's two and four all time against OSU Freeman kind of talking shit about the academic program there at, at his alma mater. So I, I got a big blowout loss for OSU or uh, for Notre Dame here. Yeah. I think OSU rolls in this game. I don't think uh, game one of Freeman's 
uh, coaching is going to be uh, that rewarding for him. I think that uh, Ohio State's going to roll in that game uh, three touchdowns or so. I agree. Three or more, I'm with you. Uh, next up, you're going to bring Marshall to town, followed up by bringing Cal to town for homecoming for Notre Dame. I got two wins there. I don't see too much debate around those games. No, no, those should be pretty easy wins, both of the games. Uh, Cal is always a little bit sneaky, but I think that uh, they pick up the win. Cal's going to be a boring-ass game. They're two very similar styles, but Notre Dame has more talent. Um, then they're going to go to North Carolina. North Carolina is coming off of back-to-back games at group of five opponents, App State and Georgia State, both teams that believe that have beat them in recent years. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they beat them at Chapel Hill, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, UNC does score a bye before Notre Dame. I bring up the two road games because they could lose both. <laughs> they could. And I think they're going to lose one either way. I think, uh, I think the program's just kind of slipping by Mac Jones here. I think they had a little window. I think they missed it last year. I don't think the uh, Mac Jones magic is going to continue. No, especially being with the Patriots now. (laughs) (laughs) I heard it when I was saying it. Mac Brown. (laughs) I heard it when I was saying it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let it go. (laughs) Notre Dame won by 10 last year. I see him getting it done again. Yeah, me too. I think they're going to win that game. I don't think. North Carolina has enough to compete. <laughs> Fucking Mac Jones. Uh, he's a cuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next up, they have a bye week before playing BYU. We already covered this very crucial bye week. We gave them the win over BYU. Then Notre Dame plays Stanford. Um, they've won the last three times they played Stanford by three touchdowns or more. I see no reason this game doesn't go the same way. No, it should. They should end up handling it to Stanford pretty easily. Absolutely. And then UNLV comes to town. No chance, right? No. no. Next up, you got at Syracuse. Interesting game. Weird shit happens at the Carrier Dome. They, for some reason, play really, really, really well there. And this is the game before Clemson for Notre Dame. Yeah, um, it is definitely a tricky spot. I do have Notre Dame winning this game, but uh, anything could happen. I have Notre Dame winning this game as well, but look out. Yeah. Uh, next up is going to be Clemson. Clemson's off a bye week. Notre Dame is just one and three against Clemson since their uh, their delve into the partial ACC schedule here. Yeah, I went uh, Notre Dame here. I just uh, Clemson's Clemson's got an awesome team, of course. Um, I just DJU is god awful. Uh, if they're still sticking with him at that time, I do not see him going in the South Bend and winning. Um, but that being said, it is a pretty 50-50 game for me. Uh, we'll get into it more when we get on the Clemson team. I, I definitely agree with pretty much everything you said, honestly. I, but I do think Clemson wins this game. Um, I just see it with the bye week before. Dabo Sweeney's going to have that team rolling. I, I, I think I don't think DJU is going to be a quarterback for long. We'll put it that way. I got the loss here for Notre Dame. Next up versus Navy in Baltimore. I have it as a win for Notre Dame. Yeah, same here. It's a pretty easy win. They're 9-1 and in their last 10 versus Navy. So even though it is a rivalry, Notre Dame's owning it. Uh, then you have Boston College coming to play Notre Dame after the triple option game. Always a tricky spot for a team coming off a triple option game. This is the second back-to-back road game stretch for Boston College. Notre Dame is 8-0 and versus Boston College since 2009. Phil Jerkovic, the quarterback for Boston College, was previously a Brian Kelly recruit. And USC is on deck for Notre Dame. Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a tricky spot for Notre Dame. Uh, they do have the game at home, so I'm going to give it to them in a very, very close game. Uh, I said that's going to be very similar to the first uh, game I ever vividly remember watching when Boston College upset Notre Dame with the missed field goal. But I think that it's going to flip around this time. I think Notre Dame's going to win by two, 
in a very, very close game. I will say this. I also have Notre Dame winning, but I I think they're just flat out going to lose one of the last two games. I have it being USC. I have them losing yeah. to USC. Uh, Notre Dame is 15-37 all-time against USC. Uh, 31-6 to last year for Notre Dame. Notre Dame has won the last four. However, Lincoln Riley bringing basically every transfer possible to USC. That team all of a sudden went from like bottom of the Pac-12 to NFL caliber. I don't know what the hell is going on. But uh, I got the win for USC. I haven't getting it done. Yeah, USC has transfers off the butthole, and I think that being that uh, it's the last game of the season, they should have put it all together by now. And I, uh, I think USC is going to be one of the strongest, if not the strongest team in the country the last few weeks of the season. So I do like them at home against Notre Dame. So I got Notre Dame at the end of the year nine and three. That's I have them uh, ten and two actually. Ten and two, the over under eight and a half. So again, we are both on the over. It is minus 125. However, go ahead and try to find four losses on the schedule that you're really, really convinced. I gave them a loss against Clemson. Could easily be a win. They could easily beat USC. And all the other games, they should be favored outside of Ohio State. Ohio State's a for sure loss, but yeah, but I, I just one, so. don't really see it, man. Like we right. said, um, all overs for the independents. It's not going to be like that all the time. Definitely not once you get into conference play. It's going to be much closer to 50-50. For sure. It's just the way the independents shook out, and we are telling you about the value. Um, your favorite play for the independents, Mike? Uh, I think I like Army over the eight. Um, I think that that team's just too talented, and I don't see that many other losses. You know, I had them nine and three, um, but you're telling me for, uh, you know, for you to lose that bet because eight would be a push. So they would, to lose that bet, they would, you would, they would only have to win seven games. And I mean, that's easy. Yeah, Army was also my favorite play. Also, moving forward, I promise we will have more diversity. Again, only seven teams in the independents. And we both also had our favorite value play, which was UMass plus 125. Um, that was yours, too. Is it? Yeah. 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 Too. It's just you're getting the plus 125. You're getting Don Brown, a very, very, very experienced coach. You have multiple places where you can sneak out another uh, third win. And there's two pretty much guaranteed on the schedule. So, at that point, you're just getting plus 125 odds to back Don Brown and his mustache. I love the play. Um, all right. Well, that wraps it up for us and the independents. We will be back next uh, Monday or Tuesday um, once we figure out this whole scheduling. This is a new podcast. We are figuring out everything. But we will be releasing weekly until the season starts. Um, you can always find me on Twitter at GCG underscore wins. My buddy Mike here does not have a Twitter yet. We will get in the works on that. So nowhere to find him just yet. If you have a question for him, um, just go ahead and relay it through me. And I'm sure he'd be super stoked on himself to find out that somebody asked about him. I would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, My so, ultimate fantasy. <laughs> right? Uh, so that is it. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Uh, next week, the Mac? Mac, yeah. Mac the knife. All right. We will see you then.